Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody and welcome to Birdland Tonight. This is our first regular season installment of Birdland Tonight here. I'm Paul Valley hosting our first ever post-game show. Joining me is uh, Joe Chambers. Joe, how are you today? I'm doing well, Paul. I'm just happy starting the season 1-0. Yeah, it was a, a great performance all the way around. Uh, John Means goes seven innings. Of one hit ball, no walks, five strikeouts. He throws 97 pitches, 65 for strikes. The only hit he gave up was the leadoff hitter of the game, and that was Kike Hernandez. He picked him off at first base, only faced three batters in the first inning. He was off and running, retired the last 18 batters that he faced to finish his day. Orioles get that win three to nothing. Uh, what did you see from Means today that you liked? I really liked Means' control. He seemed like he was in the game, focused. I mean, like you said, first hit was the first batter. And after that, he just was phenomenal. I mean, I felt so good when he was pitching in terms of feeling safe with the lead. And then when Mountcastle hit that huge double, I was like, I thought that was gone, first of all. I thought that was a shot and a half. And just seeing how well Means was composed for his first at-bat and then for the, I mean, for the first at-bat, and then for the whole rest of the seven innings, it was just really great to see him so consistent. It was it was definitely something to see. And if you recall, the Orioles found themselves in a, in a very similar situation last year. Uh, the season started on a Friday in Fenway against Nathan Navaldi. Um, and that game did not turn out in the Orioles' favor. They lost that one 13-2, a completely different story in this game today for the Orioles. Again, John Means dominant. Uh, the bullpen comes in, and they do their job. Uh, Tanner Scott, uh, he gets out of the eighth inning despite the two walks. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And Cesar Valdez, with that dead fish changeup, comes into the game and uh, works a, a, a scoreless ninth inning, does give up the double to J.D. Martinez, but nothing else. And the Orioles get the win 3 to nothing. You mentioned the Ryan Mountcastle double. And Ryan Mountcastle is a professional hitter. And if you haven't seen him play yet, fans, uh, this guy is somebody that you're going to want to watch. I think it speaks to the fact, to how good of a hitter he is, that he's 24 years old, he has 33 professional games under his belt, and he's batting cleanup on a major league team on opening day in his first full season. The guy's a professional hitter. Absolutely, absolutely. Just seeing him, you know, this was his first opening day, because last year during the short season due to COVID, he came in, what was it, like middle of the season, late middle season, around that time? Am I right, Paul? Uh, just, just about, just about midseason. They let, they let him get his feet under him at the uh, alternate training site in Bowie, and then he came up and got started and never stopped. Yeah, and just I'll relaying off of that. Look at Cedric Mullins when he led off the game with a checked swing, and it turned into a base hit to start the game. Yeah, that was funny. just. It's funny because I watched uh, the fir very first pitch of the game 
was a 99-mile-an-hour fastball in the inner third of the plate by Nathan Navaldi. And I almost tweeted out, oh, man, Cedric doesn't have a chance here. And then he checks swing, cues one off the, off the fist. It goes uh, down the third baseline. He beats it out for an infield single. Actually, there was nothing to beat out. There was no throw on the play. Um, then Trey Mancini comes up. And Trey Mancini is the story of the day, right? Absolutely. He get the win. And John Means has this stellar performance. But the real story is Trey Mancini playing in his first regular season game since 2019, uh, since he was uh, last spring. For everybody knows, last spring he was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in spring training. Uh, missed the entire truncated season. Comes out today, and step one, step one is complete for Trey. He gets back into a regular season lineup. First game jitters. First two at bats weren't the results that we were looking for. He uh, grounded into two double plays, two at bats, four outs. Not exactly what you're looking for, but just to get Trey Mancini back on the field, back in this lineup, hitting the heart in the heart of the order, Orioles order was something to see, and that's going to be a storyline throughout this year, is it not? Absolutely. You know, disregard his first two at-bats, it's just the fact that he's back playing is the most important thing. You know, coming back from battling cancer and just being able to play baseball. And, you know, he actually got a hit today too. So yeah. just seeing him on the first game in the full season, getting an at-bat and getting a hit after what he had to go through is pretty remarkable. Well, yeah, Trey, after those first two at-bats, he comes up his third plate appearance, has a little bit better of an at-bat, uh, takes a walk, and actually is part of that, that uh, sixth run inning. He scored the second run on the Ryan Mountcastle double. Uh, bases loaded, Mountcastle coming to the plate, works a 3-1 count. There's a pitch off the, off the outside corner. that It was a ball. It was a ball, but Joe West, Joe West calls it a strike. He misses it. Next pitch, Mountcastle hits a high off the green monster for the two-run double. That scores Severino, scores uh, Trey Mancini, and the Orioles never looked back. They added on an attack on run there in the eighth inning on Anthony Santander, um, RBI single after the Trey Mancini base hit. Um, from this offense today, now look, they faced Nathan Navaldi three times last year. He was 3-0 and with two earned runs allowed in 19 innings with 18 strikeouts. And more the same from Navaldi today. Five and the third innings pitched. He struck out four, gave up uh, just the one earned run. But he actually took the loss, something he didn't do against the Orioles at all last year. Takes a loss on the opening day just by giving up that one run. What did you see from the Orioles' offense today? Because despite the fact that they were kind of held down for much of the day, I did not see too many bad at-bats from this, from this lineup. Save for Austin Hayes' first two at-bats and maybe Mountcastle's first at-bat. Other than that, I thought that the Orioles uh, were not overly aggressive at the plate. They, they they ran a lot of full counts, saw a lot of pitches. I thought they did an overall nice job against a really talented uh, pitcher in Nathan Navaldi. Yeah, the O's were, you know, a big start out, you know, trying to get some hits were a little bit challenging. And then once it got middle of the game, late game, we were getting those hits. And, you know, I think Eovaldi going out. And when I was tracking stats, I was looking at my stats after doing the game. Looking at Evaldi at the end of like each inning compared to Means, he was like throwing ten more pitches. So yeah. the, they were actually doing really good work in there at bats, and that's what can get. That's what you need in MLB, I think. It's just working your at bat. Don't go in, you know, first swing pitch. You know, we all know the first swing pitch probably the best thing in Orioles history was Delman Young's double down the left field line. I can actually recite the announcer doing that whole thing, by the way. But getting back to the opening day, just. You know, doing seeing them working their at bats, I think, was key to getting this W. 
Absolutely. And, and one at bat in particular that really stands out to me um, that led to another run for the Orioles in the eighth inning was Cedric Mullins to lead off the eighth. It was a 10-pitch at bat. He kept fouling off pitches on the 10th pitch. He deposits a single into right field, ends up scoring on that um, Santander base hit. And that was kind of a microcosm of what the Orioles did in this game. Uh, and I like how you compared the two pitchers uh, where it seemed like Evaldi had 10 more pitches than John Means after every inning. One thing that we saw from John Means today that we haven't seen from him much in the past is was pitch, pitch efficiency. And when he would get ahead of the hitters, he, he, he didn't end up having these long battles where the guy ends up getting a face hit or gets a walk or he fouls off six or seven pitches before eventually popping out. He was putting guys away, maybe not with the strikeout, but getting guys to put the ball in play, pitching to contact, letting the defense play behind him. And they, the defense did their job. And when you can keep your defense active and on their toes, it's going to make your entire team a lot better. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Absolutely. So, and then, and we just mentioned Cedric Mullins. He had himself a nice game. He had two singles today, uh, a run scored. Cedric Mullins, to me, heading into this season, profiled as a fourth outfielder who you'd probably see actually play three, maybe four times a week in different spots. But it, it looks like just based off this, this opening day lineup, that they're going to want to get Cedric Mullins in that lineup as much as possible because he seems to be, at least through one game and through the spring, a solid table setter. He led the majors with nine infield uh, with nine bunt singles last year, uh, so he can get on base and use his speed to his advantage. Plays really solid defense. Didn't misplay a single ball. Seemed to track down everything today. Uh, what are your hopes for Cedric Mullins? Is he going to be batting leadoff more often than not this year? Is this the guy that the Orioles have who might be their next great leadoff hitter? I think he'll definitely be a good leadoff hitter. Comparing him to Nick Markakis a little bit, just how well. You know, the same, they bat from the right side, though, the left side. So, you know, they're just, excuse me. They're just, the potential for Mullins right now is really good. You know, he's been, you know, he's been with the team that's been, you know, we're in the rebuilding process. But seeing Mullins today, I like how his first game was, getting the first game jitters out of the way. And, you know, just seeing how they came back yesterday from, you know, postponement. So that's why they played today. And then now they're going to play for, what is it, like a couple days, and then they have a break again, I'm assuming? Uh, they, they they actually play six games in a row from today through next Wednesday, three in Boston, three in New York. Um, and I'm sorry, it's actually seven games in a row because then they have the home opener next Thursday against the Red Sox before that built-in off day. In case of inclement weather like we had yesterday in Boston, uh, they have that off day built in for the Orioles' home opener next Friday. So that's their next day off before concluding that series against Boston uh, on Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, Cedric Mullins had a, a nice start. Uh, didn't really seem to show a ton of jitters uh, in this game. The guy who did, to me, was Austin Hayes. And Austin Hayes played with his hair on fire all spring, pr trying to prove to everybody that he's not a platoon guy. This is a guy who is going to be, who, who, who's going to be an everyday player. And he proved that this spring. Hit 391, four homers, a few doubles, uh, led the team in RBIs and hits. But then he comes out today... And this was something that I saw from Austin Hayes last year, where at the beginning of the year, it seemed the moment was a little too big for him. Uh, he finds himself in a two-strike hole in each of his first two at-bats, chases uh, two fastballs out of the zone to strike out in each of those first two at-bats. I liked his approach a lot better in the third at-bat, even though he flew out to right field 
He took a couple of pitches, waited to get his pitch, got the barrel on the baseball, but just got under a little bit out to right. Uh, and then he strikes out again in his fourth at bat. I don't think that that's what we're going to see from Austin Hayes the majority of the time, but it seemed to me that maybe the moment at the beginning of the year is a little bit too big for Austin Hayes because he's trying to prove that he belongs, but I feel like he's already done that. Yeah, he, he does belong. You know, he just was one of those guys that is up and coming like Mountcastle, you know, he's trying to make his point to the Brandon Hyde, just showing him, you know, he's worked to be able to stay in this lineup for a long time. Yeah. This is a guy who the Orioles have batting sixth today. And when, when he bats in the, towards the lower third of the order, he tends to do better. They tried batting him lead off a bunch last year and it didn't really work out too well. He seems to be, he seems to do better when there's not as much pressure to set the table um, I expect to see him probably move up maybe to fifth uh, in this lineup if you continue to have somebody like Mancini or Santander pass second. Uh, but that also hinges on if DJ Stewart comes back healthy next week, uh, where are you going to bat him? And then uh, you could see Hayes move all over this lineup throughout this season. Uh, another guy, Rio Ruiz. He started the last two games of spring training at second base. Brandon Hyde said don't read too much into that. I actually did read into that. I thought to myself, He's starting him at second base these last two games for a reason. And sure enough, he's starting at second base today. And, Joe, it looked like he belonged. He went out there, uh, two over-the-shoulder, reaching-out grabs uh, on pop-ups that were highlight real plays. Then in the eighth inning, on a, on a ground ball by, I want to say it was, um, I, can't, um, I can't remember who the batter was off the head, but... It was a nice diving. Oh, it was Verdugo in, in the seventh inning. It was the, to lead off the inning. John Means, he comes mm-hmm. out the seventh inning at 77 pitches. And you're looking at it and you're thinking, this is a base hit. He might be taken out of the game. Nope, there's Rio Ruiz. Diving play in the hole, gets up, throws a strike over the first base. They get the out. Next thing you know, Means has a three up, three down inning. Again, retiring 18 batters in a row to end his day. And the Orioles go on to win the, the game. How good did Rio Ruiz look at second base and is this a role you expect him to fill more often than not after seeing his game today i really like how real luis real ruiz played today just like you know early in the game like you're mentioning just running out into the outfield like i saw a stat on madden saying he reached like almost 25 miles per hour sprinting for those um and i was like man that's impressive and you know just seeing how it shows that if an out our outfielder can't get there right away we got a good chance with Rio Ruiz getting there. And, you know, because there were some times I thought those balls were going to drop. I really did. And then just seeing him just over the shoulder, just getting them out was really impressive for me. And I really like that. I think I see Rio Ruiz definitely being in second base for a, a good amount of time. Yeah, it's it's certainly – and look, when D.J. Stewart comes back, D.J. Stewart isn't coming off the, the injured list to go down to the minor leagues. He's going to be on this major league roster. He's one of the better OBP guys, showed a lot of power, not just towards the end of last year, but in spring training this year, despite the fact that he hasn't played since March 5th. Uh, he might do a rehab assignment, or maybe not a rehab assignment, but he might go to the alternate training side to get his feet under him. But this is a guy who's going to be on the major league roster. And I've thought since uh, for the last couple of weeks that when he comes back, Ruiz is the odd man out especially since they got Michael Franco. It's up to Ruiz to keep himself on this roster. And his play today is a reason why he could still be here when Stewart gets back. Um, but look, he's going to need to swing the bat. People know that he's been 
He can play defense. Despite some of the shortcomings last year that were, I think he took some of his offensive struggles into the, into the infield, people know that he can play defense. So, yeah, it was nice to see him make those defensive plays, those highlight reel plays, but he's got to come out and swing the bat. It's day one. He's got more games to get under his belt before they have to make a decision on this roster. And I think he might hit just enough to keep himself part of the Orioles' plans this year. Now, people that are certainly part of the Orioles' plans this season are in that bullpen. And you're looking at Tanner Scott, who came in to work the eighth today, and Cesar Valdez, who came in to work the ninth. Um, let's talk about Tanner Scott first, because he has maybe the most dynamic arm, if not on the entire team, at least in that entire bullpen. Can touch 98-99 with his fastball, has a wipeout slider that sits in the, in the low 90s. And he comes out and he strikes out the first batter he faces on an absolutely filthy slider to begin the to begin the eighth inning. Um, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Excuse me. It's two two on Devers to begin the eighth inning. He throws a slider that hits the outside corner. Looks like it's a perfect painted uh, pitch on the corner. Joe West calls to the ball. He walks Devers on the next pitch. Then he gets the uh, Renfro uh, on, with the strikeout on the filthy slider. Renfro row. 0 for 3 with three strikeouts today. But Tanner Scott, two walks in that eighth inning. Despite having maybe the most electric arm on the team, he's not coming out to pitch in that ninth inning in that closer's role. And is that because, Joe, he has a propensity to walk a lot of batters? He he averaged six and a half walks per nine in 2019, went down to four and a half last year, but for his career it's a five and a half. Do the Orioles not trust him in the ninth inning until he proves he can get that control under – his control under control. I think he needs to get his c- control under control right now because, you know, I was reading right now. I took, I was doing all the stats of terms of looking at pitch speeds and everything. And if you look at his, the, when he, his first battery faced 01, 96 miles an hour, 1, 1, 97, 2, 1, 90 miles per hour, 97, 2, 2, Full count, he threw a 97-mile-an-hour pitch, and then he walked at 98. So he can throw gas. Like, that's not a problem. But he's got, you know, when you throw gas, you got to make sure you can locate him. And I don't think he should be a closer yet. Give him a few, maybe a month or two, maybe even three, and then we'll see how it goes. But Valdez, you know, he did good too, but I like, I think Scott would be a better fit in my personal opinion. Scott may have the better arm and maybe better the better fit down the road, but let's talk about Valdez for a little bit. Had an ERA of about 1.26 last year, coming out of that Orioles bullpen was three for three in saves. Now, prior to the 2020 season, Brandon Hyde said the same things he was saying all spring this year, and that's that there's no closer that they're it's basically a closer by committee. And then we saw him use Cole Salser in that role until Salser lost the role uh, for lack of control. Um, He says the same things this year. We don't have a set closer on this team. And most rebuilding teams don't have a set closer because how often are you going to have those closing opportunities? But we saw Valdez, who didn't blow a save last year, come in into a save opportunity today, uh, gets the strikeout, uh, gets the ground out, gives up the double, but then gets the fly out to end the game. Going through the heart of that order, one, two, three, four, he sets him down uh, in the ninth inning. Is this a sign of things to come? Are we looking at, Cesar Valdez maybe holding on to this role to start the year until somebody else comes and takes it from him. I I agree with you 100%. I think right now just, you know, he wants to Brandon Hyde just needs to figure out, okay, put guys in different situations, how they hold, um, you know, guys like with Valdez, like you're mentioning, seeing how his 
four batters, got him out. But J.D. Martinez with that double, you know, so now we're one guy. We got a double. And then just seeing how he progressed, you know, is promising. And he's another – he only threw, I believe it was, two 80-mile-an-hour pitches. Now it's 85 in this – in his um 14 pitches he threw. So he doesn't throw a lot of, you know, fast. So my, he doesn't throw the ball really fast. But, you know, my worry is if he puts a guy on base that's a speedy runner – you know, that might stolen base. He might get the second or third. And that's my only worry about that. Yeah, you 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 make a solid point there. If you're if your fastball's hopping out at 85 at the absolute max, and you're throwing a lot of 75 to 78 mile an hour changeups, and somebody gets on base, now it depends on who the base runner is too. You're not JD Martinez, for example, isn't going to be stealing third after that double, especially if it would have been the third out. But you know what I mean. If he gets on base, yeah. he's not going to go steal second base on anybody. But if you let Xander Bogarts or Kike Hernandez get on base and then you throw a 76-mile-an-hour changeup, there's a good chance they could take off and get in the scoring position. And if it's a one- or two-run game, that, that's, that's a big deal. So there's something to be thought about with that. Right now, though, that dead fish uh, changeup, it's, it's something that he's developed late in his career, makes his first opening day roster at 36 years old. Um, Cesar Valdez proving that, that he, just like, Mount Castle and Hayes and Tanner Scott and Cedric Mullins proving that he belongs on this roster. And the Orioles, they were a top 10 unit out of their bullpen last year. And they're off to the races again this year, looking like so far through the first game, like they're picking up where they left off. Now, that's just about going to do it for us here on Birdland tonight, unless there's something that we missed that you think we need to cover, Joe. You know, just looking forward to a great season, you know. Yeah. No matter what happens, it's great to see baseball back with fans in the stands. Like who? This is great. This is what we've been all been waiting for for a whole year. You know, we baseball missed out on it last year except for the playoffs. But you know, seeing fans in Oriole Park, Camden Yards is going to be amazing. Just seeing that, even if it's not a full stadium, you know, seeing eleven thousand at least on next th- on Thursday is going to be amazing. And I just can't wait to work with every one of us on Birdland tonight. You know, you're a great guy. I'm really looking forward to working with you further on. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a good season. Maybe we won't see as many wins like we did today. Maybe we will. Nobody really knows about this starting rotation. John Means, uh, he finished last year four impressive starts. Today, arguably the most impressive start of his entire career. And he did something today that he didn't do once in 2020, and that's go seven innings. He hadn't gone seven innings since 2019 when he did it four or five times. Really off to a great start for him. Orioles off to a great start with a 3-0 win, a two-hitter over the Boston Red Sox who are looking to make their way back to the playoffs after a down year where they finished in last place in 2020. Uh, tomorrow's game's at 110, airing on Masson. You're going to see Orioles' number two starter, the Dark Knight. Maybe the Dark Knight rises in Matt Harvey going up against Tanner Houck for the Red Sox uh, before the series concludes in the finale on Easter Sunday, another 110 p.m. start where you're going to see uh, Maryland native and Loyola product Bruce Zimmerman facing off against new Red Sox pitcher Garrett Richards should be a solid matchup. And hey, the Orioles looking to win a series. It's a lot easier to win a series when you win game one. So we'll see if they can come back and uh, take game two, if not game two, take game three and try and win a series to start the year. That's going to do it for us here on Birdland tonight. Our first of many post-game shows. Join us again tomorrow afternoon, right after the game, five minutes after the last out. You'll have creator of the show, 
host Josh Sabroka, who couldn't make the show today, being joined by Andrew Stecka, the host of Post Game Show tomorrow night. Uh, until then, thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm Paul Valley. This has been Joe Chambers, and this has been Birdland Tonight. See you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.